Please listen carefully. What's up, guys? Uh, so, recently we celebrated our two-year anniversary of being open. We opened up May 13th, 2017, and so Lamb and I thought that we would do an origin podcast, basically explain uh, how we got open and the things that led up to it. So, this is only part one because we were kind of all over the place and uh, class was also starting. So, we get into my work background and what I was doing uh, prior to opening up Kana. We talk about dropping into boxes uh, and doing some reconnaissance and some research. We talk about who shouldn't open a box and kind of the motivations behind what some people do uh, versus my thought process. Uh, We also talk about some things that I learned while traveling and visiting other boxes, uh, two major takeaways from that. Uh, We talk about uh, another business that I had started up and worked with with Lamb. And then we could start talking about fit out, uh, and then we kind of leave it open uh, in order to do a part two. So part two will be coming. Uh, This is part one. So uh, for our members, hopefully this gives you a little bit of background on the history of Kana. For other folks listening, uh, you can skip it if you're not that interested. But um, for those who might be thinking about starting a business in general, uh, it might also give you some insight into uh, my going from a very stable, very secure, uh, relatively secure federal job to... Uh, a very volatile world of entrepreneurship. So hope you enjoy. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to email us info at crossacana.com and we will get those answered on the next podcast. Thanks. All right. Um, so I thought we would do an origin story because I don't know, I don't think we've done this. So hopefully they align. <laughs> well, I hope that you will help me remember. <laughs> The origin story. The problem is that I'm pretty sure neither of us are very good at remembering yeah. details. We probably should have the wives here. Right. That, that's exactly what I was thinking Becca and, and Diddy yeah, would, would But know. they're not. So nope. we'll have to make do. Um, so how Kana came to be, um, how it got started, what maybe some of the like different things mean, like what the name means, what, why we have the logo we do. We do uh, yeah, the, the kind of like background info. Right, right. Do we want to get into how we slaved over the overthinking the processes and procedures that yeah, we, we could had do that. Sure. about years ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll start. Yeah. Um, so I remember... Working, coaching at KOP, Nikki, at the time, Seiler, Nikki Seiler, was announced that she and John Warnick, now her husband, were going to open up across the gym. And this was back in, I want to say they opened up in 2012, 2013. So she probably announced this in like 2011, let's say. Yep. And I was like, ooh, that sounds cool. Like... I think I want to do that. 
because up until that point, even though you know I was working, I was coaching, and obviously Amy had KOP. It, you know, a lot of times, especially with my like career changes, it takes me a little while to realize something is possible. Not in the sense that I didn't think I could do it per se, but more like, oh, like guidance counselor is a job. Mm-hmm. Like once I realized that, then I transition, I switch from engineering to guidance counseling, right? Like right. It, it, it took a moment for me to realize that. And same thing with like owning a CrossFit gym. Like once Nikki and John said that, then I was like, and maybe it's like that whole idea of like actually believing you can do it. Like once you see someone else do it, I was like, wow, all right, that's cool. But I distinctly remember thinking that I needed to be a better coach and to get more hours under my belt and to like just learn about business. And for you, what was the transition? Was it because the job of a guidance counselor was getting stale or was it more of the owning a business and being entrenched in CrossFit that was more appealing and pulling you? I don't think it was super concrete when they said that. I think it would be just be was an idea that like, oh, that could be cool. Yeah. Whereas later on in 2013, 2014, yeah, like I I realized a couple things. Um, number one, just philosophically, I I didn't think public education was what it was not um, it was not a great system. Mm-hmm. Um, to mm-hmm. be working in and also like just the idea that, that this is like super philosophical but like just the idea that like if you're a certain age you're put in the same grade as everyone else and you're expected to know the same things at the same time and, uh, the and, and under the same subjects as a requirement and like it just it didn't make any sense to me huh? um, so philosophically public education was I was just wrestling with that idea Secondly, working in the public school system, even though a lot of people see it as a safe thing and because there's a pension and like the idea of getting paid your salary, the average of your last three years of salary, getting paid that when you retired every year until you die, uh-huh. that is pretty appealing. Like I could be making six figures every year, even after retiring. Um, and so I know why a lot of people get into it. It's for that kind of safety thing. But I... I don't see the pension system lasting. I, I think people are just living too long for it to survive, and so there's going to be a drastic change in it. And you know, even nowadays, they're talking about Trump is talking about getting rid of student loan forgiveness and all this stuff if you get into like a public service sector. Right. Uh, and a lot of people got into education not solely to pay off student loans, but like they decided to go work in a low-income area as an educator. Mm-hmm. because of the student loan program. So like all these things are changing that a lot of people made major decisions on career-wise that I don't think are going to be as permanent as they thought, right. aka like a pension system. So so the whole just philosophically I saw education changing and then little things like I won't get too into it but like there were leadership decisions that I didn't you know, agree with or ways of leading people that I didn't agree with, and I didn't have any control over. There were things, and um, like I just wanted to implement because I saw it as being a better system. But 
there was so much red tape to change something when you're working in a federal system. Yep. Anyway, all of that said, it was a combination of being frustrated with that, but also, yes, wanting to do my own thing because I, I, I'm a very independent person. Like I, I like doing things my way, but, but mostly because I want to get it done quickly. And if I think it's a better way of doing it, um, it, it's hard for me to deal with roadblocks like the red tape of changing something in a, in a school system. Yeah. Yeah. So I like working with kids. I, I like working with people. I like helping. Um, I just saw this as the best way for me to help. Uh-huh. And in terms of like following your passion and all that, like part of me, you know, not all of me agrees with like follow your passion. Like, you know, if, if your passion doesn't make you any money, <laughs> it, 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 it's <laughs> it not worth it, it. Right. You know, <laughs> now with exactly. the internet these days, there are things that, you know, 20 years ago, people are doing and making money because of the internet and YouTube and all that, that it wasn't that as possible 20 years ago. So yes, if I have to pick a side, follow your passion, but make sure that there's a way to make money in doing so or figure out your situation so that it's okay to not make money for a couple of years if that's the way you want to go. Yeah, your passions aren't exactly fun when you're not sleeping at night worrying about how you're going to feed yourself. Right, if, you're, right. if your hobby is then your sole source of income and you're not making income, yep. you're not going to have any fun doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, There's a balance. Anyway, um, I, just, I just found myself talking about CrossFit to everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you find yourself talking about or thinking about one thing while you're doing this other thing, you, you might want to pr- at least explore the idea of that other thing you're talking about all the time. Yeah. So. I think that's what um, Ben Bergeron was Yeah, he about. just talked about that in his yeah, podcast. Yeah, he was talking about in his podcast in Chasing Excellence that he was an avid skier and whatnot. Right. And then just kept thinking about CrossFit. Yep. Um, so that was kind of his transition into it as well. Yep. Yep. Anyway, so... This was all in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, I got kind of fed up with the public school system, knew I wanted to open a gym, but wasn't quite sure when or how that was going to be. Decided to go into the corporate world, still in education, so working for um, an education um, publisher. Yeah. And, uh, and that allowed me, or that had me travel around the country uh, which allowed me to drop into a lot of places, a lot of CrossFit gyms. Pretty much knew at that point that I d- was definitely going to open up a gym. You you kept track of how many boxes you dropped in. I have how a many Google sheet. Yeah. Something like in the hundreds, over, wasn't it? It's over 70. Okay. Um, it's probably now up to 80. Um, but yeah, it was cl- yeah. I mean, yeah. somewhere around 100. But right. um, yeah, and I would I would I would take notes. I would um, I would literally time how long it took for someone to say hi when I walked into a, a CrossFit gym. I would rate how friendly the class was, the group was, the coach was, um, what my experience was like. I, re- I would write down the workout. I would um, write down how many people were in cl- the class, how big the space was, if I could figure that out. Um, yeah, I took lots of notes. And when did you figure out where, um, you know, obviously you enjoy working out and you do enjoy the CrossFit methodology. In, in I enjoy it, of yeah. course. But in I'm you, not someone who needs to work out every day, right? Like some people are. And then we, all, and you and I also talk about well, just because you want to CrossFit, 
doesn't necessarily you want to you mean you want to open up a business in the gym. When did you kind of figure out to say, mm -hmm. you know what, I also do want to own a business and this is what I want to do? Because there's got to be a mentality to that to to really trust yourself to say, I can work out and I like the methodology, I like helping people, but I also want to open a business and manage that too. Yeah, if you really like CrossFit and you really love coaching, um, but you don't want any hassles, then be, you should just coach. Be a CrossFit coach? Then you should just be a CrossFit <laughs> coach. Because, uh, especially if you like working out yourself, because um, my self, and then you always see, you usually see it with other owners, like right. you work out the least yep. when you open a gym. So a lot of people think, oh, you get to open a gym, you get to hang out in a gym all day, you get to work out all day, you get to have fun. And it, it is fun in, in my sixth sense because I, I like work, I like working. I've always liked working. Um, I've always had, I had th I've had three jobs, at least three jobs. No, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say at least two jobs, but usually three from the time I was 14 till a few years ago. Like this being my only income source is new as of a year and a half ago, or almost two years now. Mm -hmm. um, I've always had at least two or three jobs. Um, yeah, that's a good question. When did I know? Um, I don't think there was a moment, but yeah, that idea that of like, you know, you can like drinking, but it doesn't mean you should open a bar <laughs> or just because you like steak doesn't mean you need to open a steakhouse, yep. you know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yep. just because you like golfing doesn't mean you should run a golf course. Yeah. That's, uh, it's crazy. But I think the barrier of entry is so low for CrossFit because you only pay for the affiliate fee, which back in the day was 500 bucks, right? It's a few thousand dollars now. Which is still relatively inexpensive. Com Com compared to franchise fees? Yeah, yeah like absolutely. so if we were, let's say, in Orange Theory or uh, a Barry's Boot Camp or um, any F45 or any of these franchises, it would be, I don't know the exact numbers, but you know, for Orange Theory, I think you need to have, you know, you need to be worth at least half a million dollars, if not a few. Right. Uh, you need, oh, I think you need to be worth, like net worth, three million. Liquid capital, half a million. Um, and then, yeah, it's a certain percentage back every year and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's millions of dollars, yep. right? So across it, it's cool because it's relatively inexpensive, but I mean, equipment isn't cheap. Rent isn't cheap, so. Building out isn't cheap. Yeah, it's also, it's also not pennies either, yep. right? But yeah, I think a lot of people, I think people see other people do it and they think it's easy. I didn't have that reaction though. I saw other people do it and think that's really cool. That's an awesome position. I, I want to do that. I want to be that, but I want to spend time honing my skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can't say there was like a moment, but um, I, I do think my reaction was kind of the opposite of what a lot of people might think right. in that they might think it's easy. I don't want to say easy, but you know that. Well, they don't make the correlation. I think that's what people don't make. They're, you know, just because you like to drink beer doesn't mean you open up a bar. They don't yeah, make that right. correlation of, yes, oh, yes, I like yes, to CrossFit, so I can open up a business. And that's not necessarily um, true. Correct. Yeah. And um, in our last podcast, Rachel and I were talking about being a good CrossFit coach you with that and then definitely a step up with being a business owner 
like just because you like working out, you as a coach, you need to care about your members, your your people more so that they might and will get better than you. You have to be okay with that. Yep. Like you you can't be the person who wants to be king of the hill or the big fish in the small pond and think you're going to succeed either as a coach and then definitely as a business owner mm -hmm. um, from a working out standpoint. But yeah, but I was okay with that because I've never been someone that that needs to work out every day. Mm -hmm. So like Connor's been sick the last few days and so I haven't worked out since Sunday actually. So today's Thursday. I haven't worked out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and today's Thursday. So I might jump into class, but that just, that's just the way it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about um, going over to the corporate world, mm -hmm. and then, and then ultimately making the decision, or at least dropping in, and then searching for locations. So, how, what was okay? That? So yeah, so I will say that job I loathed, hated, <laughs> absolutely hated. Um, I remember I remember talking to you about that a lot. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't you know again like I I think leaders I have a very kind of ideal view of leaders in my head because I had really good leaders in college uh, from various groups and residence life and everything and I just have this expectation that leaders are going to be relatively on top of their stuff. Mm -hmm. I realize they're not going to be perfect but um, or at least inspire. Inspire, admit that you don't know something like they don't have to be no, the be all end all and know everything but there's just there's just certain minimums that, yeah. that I expect I and you. so uh, I didn't really receive that or get that at these places that I was working at. And so the role itself just wasn't for me, wasn't a good fit. And, um, and so I just got through it and I was able to make, you know, decent, good money and um, was able to pay off all of our student loans, car loans, like a, a ton of debt that, you know, was really nice to have off our plate when opening a business. So again, that whole financial thing, like get yourself set. Mm -hmm. um, but that that definitely helped me solidify that yes, I definitely wanted my own thing. So, but it was good because I was able to travel around, talk with box owners, and get their take on things and get their advice. And like even things like this picture wall, uh, I stole from another gym that was doing it because yeah. I liked it. And uh, a lot of the stuff that we have here set up is all inspir inspiration from other places. What do you think is one of the key things that you learned? through the, you know, 80 to 100 boxes that you dropped off. Like, give me two of the things that you said, this is what I want um, in my box. Good question. Starting out smaller than maybe you would want in general, I yeah. think is something that, like, from an overhead standpoint, like cash flow standpoint, so this is very businessy, but in talking with people, a lot of them would have gone smaller than they did, but for various circumstances, they ended up, you know, having a four, six, seven, eight, $10,000 or square foot facility from the get-go, yep. which is kind of weird when you have five people in class and, you know. Do you imagine five people at a 10,000 foot square foot? Well, that's, that's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. It's pretty so, nice. yeah, there's a pretty, from at least social media view, successful gym in New Jersey that's 40,000 square feet. Yeah. They opened with that. Wow. It seems like they're doing pretty well now, mm -hmm. but yeah, they opened with that. Margin must have hurt so. at the beginning. Yeah, so starting small, I would say, is one. And then it's not that specific, but um, just being organized, number one, because we're small, but then also number two, just seeing the way different gyms were organized made me realize that it is important because I'm not incredibly organized at home. I'm, I'm a kind of a scatter person. Like my desk would be have stuff all over it. But 
to make it easy for members to know where things are and where to put them back and then also for like us as a staff to not have to deal with like things in wrong places and everything and cleaning up after people. I realized that organization can make a huge difference. Um, even though it's kind of geeky, kind of nerdy, like, you know, buying storage racks. Like a lot of people don't realize that the storage racks can be some of the most expensive stuff versus like the barbell. They see the barbells and they think that's expensive right. and it is, but yeah. Oh, when your storage racks are bomb proof. Well, yeah, yeah, they can hold thousands of pounds. Yeah, so very much so. Yeah, so I would say those two things. Start small and then um, make sure, get, you know, get organized. Cool. Yeah. yeah, so it must have been like 2014, 2015 that we started talking because since knowing you, you've always been a good sounding board for different things and um, I needed people to talk to that knew CrossFit, that knew my situation and, and reputation as a coach and kind of just literally bounce the idea of like, hey, if... If I open up a gym, like, do you feel like that's a good idea? Because right. I have also realized, like, in my like from engineering to counseling, and then and then obviously from from the counseling to um, like doing CrossFit, I I like hearing what other people think because because uh, it matters to me, um, and I also I also think different uh, ideas or feedback can come up that I didn't think about. Yep. So uh, kind of as a uh, an executive board. I went to you guys and was like, hey, what do you think? And obviously you guys were supportive. I don't know exactly what you said, but. Well, I think it, it started with um, when we went over to Thermal and worked out for there for a little bit, you had thought of coming over just to see what the environment was like from opening a box as well. Right. I remember Because I was still coaching at KOP. Yep, yep. And then you guys went over to Conchhocken went over to Thermal. Yeah, yep. exactly. And then we were there for a while. And as and I wanted to cover this too because I think you got a little bit of owning a business from, and people may not know this, your photography business. Yes. Right. So that there goes your three jobs at the same time perspective. Yep. And it was there where I wanted to ultimately be part of when you came up with the idea of, hey, right. do you want you know, I'm, I'm opening up a box, and I thought it was a great idea just because of the mentality you had, uh, not only just from understanding the CrossFit mm -hmm. uh, methodology, but of just helping people. And I think that's, that was very, to me, a signal of how successful you would be. Got it. Yeah, so we did photography together. We would do wedding shoots, and um, I started out with families, then once weddings kind of came into the picture, would need a second shooter. Right. And so we got into that. And we did, should count it up, but I mean, we did over a dozen weddings, I want to say, or yeah. around that, yep. uh, which is a good amount. And um, we worked well together. And, uh, you know, it was so funny because people would come up to us at the end of the wedding and say we did an amazing you job. You guys are the best photographers ever. This and, is awesome. And we were like... Okay, you haven't even seen any pictures <laughs> yeah, yet. Haven't seen any pictures. But you're yet. telling us you, you did an amazing job. <laughs> but that was because I really I believe that's because of how we interacted with them, right, with the bridal party and the parents and all that. Um, and so, when you offered to help here, and we didn't really know what role would be, but you know, obviously your background in, still in project management and everything, <laughs> like doing a bunch of the background stuff and helping out, like it it definitely made sense. Uh huh. Um, and I've always said that your energy here is 
is hard to replicate in terms of like bringing the energy up in the room and whether that's working out or now obviously you're coaching, but you know, even just, just being here in the class, like that was invaluable for sure. Um, so yeah, so started driving around and looking for real estate and it was actually your mother-in-law, Lisa, who yep. said, hey, yeah, it was totally random because I just got this text and, or email or something and she was just like, hey, check out Ambler Yards because they have the real estate sign. And so I knew it because I worked at WIS, the high school, right down the road. And um, I didn't realize all this was back here. Yeah. So met with Matt and Mark, and this was fall of 2015. So this is uh, at least October, because October, I think, is when we signed the lease agreement, at least that we would be looking at some space here. Right. Um, and that was October of 2015. <laughs> we didn't open until May of 2017. So... Quite frustrating, and, and and Lisa would love that because she always prides herself as the connector. Mm. She she is the one who makes the connections for people. Right. So she's she always gleams when we talk about that. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was the the beginning, beginning of of the process mm -hmm. more than anything. So in that space, I mean, we're in the space now. It's uh, twenty two hundred square feet, a little bit less than that. That was originally could be less going to be less yep so we were gonna we were going to break down the wall that we eventually did break down but then build up another wall so total space i think was going to be 1500 square feet usable like floor space not bathroom space usable was only going to be 1100 square feet and so for people who know the the space it's half of the rig would be gone yep would be blocked off which is ridiculous. And I remember you and I were like, oh, yeah, we just have to be creative with the workouts. Yeah, Which we we'll, definitely we'll, would <laughs> we'll make We'll make this work. We definitely would have needed to do that. Yeah. Now, there are spaces that size that, can, that manage, and they make it work, and we would, have made, we would have made it work. But adding on that extra, um, whatever, 500 square feet, or no, not, not even, like a few hundred square feet. Significant. Makes a huge difference. Absolutely. So, But, yeah, we spent two years, essentially, waiting um, doing build out, getting plumbing in. Um, I, I do remember meeting with them first and Matt and Mark were like, Hey, so, uh, you know, when do you want to be open? This is like fall of 2015 or late summer. And I was like, I was so naive. I was like, I don't know, like next month. <laughs> they were like, well, we need <laughs> let's, some let's, permits to let's hold on the brakes we have here. Some permits and everything to get. So they ended up needing to get permits and there were so many delays, both like site wide. And then also, our, our construction that we didn't open until May of 2017. Yeah. I was in California right. on a work trip. I was here. You know, was, I remember you telling me, just, just let me know. Let me know. Yeah, I wanted you right. to call, text, email, all of the above when we finally got that permit approval. Yep. And it was, I was getting on a plane in Los Angeles to fly back. I was going to pay the like 20 bucks or whatever exorbitant fee was to get Wi-Fi. <laughs> And the Wi-Fi was down. Yep. Like, couldn't get it. I remember blowing up your phone. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such, like, a first-world problem thing <laughs> because I, like, how can you complain about not having Wi-Fi on a plane? Like, yeah. You're, right. you're 30,000 feet above the Last. earth. But I really wanted it. But as we landed, I checked my phone and got the notice that we were open. Yeah. That was May 12th. Sent out the email to our founding members. Founding, hey, guys, we're going to do our first indoor workout tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, put in my two weeks notice that night, and then 
it was off to the races. As they say, the rest is history. Yeah. yeah. We only got a couple minutes, so we might need a part two on this. Yeah. Because I want to talk about, I, I know we've gone through like, hey, we got the, 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 the um, approval to go, but there's a lot of stuff in the background that was, that was stressful and for us to kind of just bang our heads against the wall with. Mm-hmm. Um, like inspections or even just kind of figuring out what we wanted to do with um, the rigs and whatnot. And also the infamous story of you starting up a dust storm in this, uh, yeah. this wonderful spot. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that. We can talk about um, how we got the name and the logo. Yeah, absolutely. And um, or even our founding members, like mm-hmm. that whole process. Because yep. we had about 30, 25 to 30 founding members ready to go. And we were doing outdoor workouts at that time in early 2017 because it was actually warm enough in February of 2017 to do outdoor workouts any any weekend that it, we could. Yeah. So yep. we were doing workouts. They were just outdoors at the park. And then eventually in May, we were able to exactly. start up here, which is and, cool. And uh, also, I, I think the members would really love to hear about how you and I came up with, uh, at least or the mentality of our mission statement, w- what we want this box to be about. Because there's yep. so many different themes that other boxes talk about, want to be about. Yep. Um, but I think ours was different because we started off with a certain mentality. Yep. All right, cool. So we'll do a part two. This is good. Uh, cool. All right. Hey, folks. Thanks again for listening to Cross Econa Radio. If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Cross Econa, K-A-N-N-A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at crossitcona.com. Thanks and have a great day.